Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. As we get into this, I believe it's going to help you and help the way you think today. But I'm going to need you to respond a little better. Maybe it's the turkey, right? It's the stuffing. It's, it's weighing a little heavy on you today. Well, shake it off. Shake off the turkey. Shake off the arguments you got into over Thanksgiving dinner. You're in a good place today. You're in the house of God this morning. And we got a lot of great things to say in the word of God. And um, I believe that God's going to speak to us all. He's going to help us. And we're going to get our mind and our thinking straight according to God's word. And I just think uh, already we had a great service. Uncle Les, nobody like him. Just helping us this morning. The worship team helped us. But 1 Thessalonians 5, starting verse 18. Now, we ended with this verse last week. We're going to start with this this verse this week. So 518 says this in New Living. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Notice that. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now this morning, we're going to continue talking about your mind and your thinking, but I want to continue talking about thankfulness because it has everything to do with your mental health and your mind. And so today I want to talk about always thankful. Now we read this verse that says that it is God's will for you to always be thankful in every circumstance. Always be thankful in every circumstance. You know, so many people, if you ask them what is, you know, one of the questions they want God to answer all the time is, what's the will of God? You know, and they got that weird look in their eyes. It was like, I got to know the will of God. I got to know the will of God. And they're just talking about everything. I want to know the will of God about my money or who I should get married to or about my kids or about, about my church or about my career, about my life. How about you just do the general will of God? I said you're going to need to help me today before we get into the specific will of God. And so let's start there. There's things in the Bible that says this is God's will. If you do that, then God will tell you the specific things in your life. The thing is with a lot of us believers in here, we don't want to do what he's already said that is his will. And then we want answers about specific things. He's not going to tell you answers about specific things if you can't even do the basic things that he says is in his will. But why do we do that? Because it's not flashy. God says, it's my will for you to walk in love. You're like, okay, I want the prosperity verse. It's my will for you that you forgive. I don't like that verse. It's my will for you that you would be thankful. Like, no, I want another command. I want the specific will of God. What are you saying? You said you want God to tell you you're going to go to the nations. You're going to live in a mansion. You're going to have a Bentley. You're going to live. God says, oh, before we get to all that, calm yourself. You just need to start in my general will. Then I'll give you my specific will. And really... The more powerful things are just doing his general will in his word. Like when he says, it's my will that you walk in love. Man, that's powerful. If you actually did it, it would be powerful. When he says, it's my will that you forgive. If you did it, it would be more powerful. 
when he says be thankful, there's a reason. Because it's powerful and it does something in your life. And it does something in the other person's life. If you're thankful and he says in all circumstances, not just in good times, in all circumstances, in every situation, always be thankful. Now, let's read it from the Passion Translation. I like what it says in the Passion. In the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. In the midst of everything. During COVID-19, yeah. During the economy turning down, yep. During racial tensions, oh yeah, be thankful. Not for that, but be thankful for what God's doing in your life. All the bickering about Biden and Trump. And as your pastor, I just want to let you know, they're both wrong. I'm going to keep saying that every time I have an opportunity to talk about politics in this church, Biden and Trump are both wrong. Why is there no amens right now? They're both wrong. And you're wrong if you're on team Trump or team Biden. You're wrong. I'm on team Jesus. I'm on team the church of Jesus Christ. I'm on team the kingdom of God which we don't fall in the Democratic or Republican side. We fall in line with Jesus. Don't get sensitive on me. You're wrong. Be thankful. Some people are still bitter about the election. Get over it. Be thankful. Your life is suffering because you won't get over it and be thankful. It's hard pulling this lead this morning, but you got to help me today. Trust me, your life will change if you start being thankful. He says, in the midst of everything, in every circumstance, be always giving thanks. Notice, because this is the will of God. This is God's perfect plan for your life. How many know we always, everybody in here, we want God's perfect plan and perfect will for our life. All right. Always be thankful. In the midst of every circumstance, every situation, no matter what disease is happening, no matter the economy, no matter who's in office, because they're both wrong. Gosh, I'm not getting amen on that. They're both wrong. And your pastor is right. Yeah. They're both wrong and your pastor is right. Thank you, Miss Marion. But in every situation, in every circumstance, always be thankful. Now, the thing is, when God tells you to do something, there's a reason. When anything that God says in his word, if he tells you to do something, it's for your betterment. It's for your greatest joy. It's for your greatest peace. It's for your greatest fulfillment that we do what God tells us to do. So when you see God tell you to do something in the Bible, it's not him just talking to talk. It's because he knows what's best for you because he designed you and created you. So he knows how you work and what would be best for you. So if he tells you to do something, there's going to be benefits from doing what he tells you to do. On the other hand, when God tells you in the Bible to not do stuff, it's not because he's just being restrictive. And judgmental. 
And and God's just trying to rain on my parade and not let me have fun. No, he knows whatever he's telling you not to do is going to hurt you. And it's going to take away from your greatest joy, your greatest peace, and your greatest fulfillment. He's not just saying don't do it because he doesn't want you to have fun. He designed you. He created you. So he knows what's best for you. So he says, stop doing this. Stop doing that. Because if you do that, it's going to take away from your greatest joy in flourishing in life. That's just a good rule of thumb. When you read your Bible and God says, do this, do it. When he says, don't do it, don't do it. Even if you don't fully understand it, believe he knows better than you and he's looking out for your best interest. And if you do what he tells you to do or do not do what he tells you to not do, it will work out in your favor. Because he's only trying to bring you into the best version of yourself. So you can flourish in this life. We got to trust that. And we have to trust also that our brains are not smarter than God. Let's just take me, for instance. I've been here for 34 years. God's been here for all eternity. Even the oldest people in this church that are in their 80s, 80 years compared to eternity, you have no knowledge and wisdom compared to God. God knows what he's doing. So let's just take this. You know, if, if we do what God tells us to do, there will be fruit. There will be benefits of doing what he tells you to do. And that will affect you spirit, soul, and body, right? If you do what he tells you to do, it's going to affect you not just spiritually, but it's going to affect your mind and your body. And the same way if you don't do something, it's going to affect you spirit, soul, and body. So I was studying about thankfulness because we've been talking about this. And God told us in every situation, in every circumstance, in the midst of everything, always be thankful. Always be giving thanks for this is my will and perfect plan for you. So if we do what he tells us to do, there will be benefits with doing what God tells us to do. Now, it's amazing if you study about thankfulness. I did some research about this, and I love studying about physical health and mental health and about how it applies to our life because everything that's in the Bible lines up with brain science, physical science. It lines up perfectly with mental health and physical health because guess what? God knew way before they studied these things, it would work out this way because he created you. So let me just read you just, this is just a short list written about different studies they've done about the power of thankfulness. This is what it does for your health. Why? Because when we do what God tells us to do, there's benefits, right? So he said, always be thankful. God's looking out for your health. This is some of the benefits of being thankful. These are all different studies, and I I put this list together. So here's some of the psychological benefits when you are thankful. You have more positive emotions and thoughts. You're more aware and awake. You have increased self and satisfaction. You have an enhanced mood. People that have practiced thankfulness do better with stress, anxiety, and a lot of times cure depression just from being thankful. This is written by secular people, not by Christian people. Why? God told us to do this. There's got to be benefits from doing what God tells us to do. 
Because God knows us. Here's some physical benefits. When you're a thankful person, it's been proven people have a stronger immune system, lower inflammation, less body pains and aches, optimal blood pressure and cardiac function, better sleep, better brain health, and, and um, extended and better lifespan just from being a thankful person. Notice this is free. This is all free stuff, guys. If I gave you the option of buying a pill that would do all these things for your mood and your brain and your body, you would say, what do I got to do to buy it? I got to buy this pill. It's free. It's called being thankful. It's called living a lifestyle of thankfulness. It's called doing what God told us to do in his word. Be always thankful and giving thanks in the midst of everything because this is my perfect will and plan for you. People would pay millions of dollars for a pill like that. Guess what you can do it? Be thankful. How many would agree so far that all the things I read you would like to have in your life? Those psychological benefits, yes, I would like that. I would like those physical health benefits. Here's some other things. Social benefits, it makes you better in communication. You have more empathy, and you have stronger relationships. One uh, person wrote about thankfulness and gratitude and said that gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. Let me just take one thing, for instance, about um, thankfulness and what it does in your body and in your mind and even in your relationships. Once again, God created you. He knows how you work. And if you study brain science or physical, your physical body, you realize that the way you think affects everything in your body and in your mind. So... If you are constantly living in a state of fear and stress in your mind, your body actually is releasing chemicals and instructions to the rest of your body. And it becomes more and more unhealthy by what's going on up here. That's why when people are stressed out and fearful, they have stomach issues, headaches, aches and pains. They can't get out of bed. The list of Physical issues is, goes on and on and on. Why? Because your mind affects how you feel and even your physical health. God knew that. That's why he warns us, don't worry. Don't be in fear. Don't be stressed out. And he says, you need to be walking in love. You need to be using your faith. You need to be always thankful because there is benefits from doing what he tells us to do. So let's just take this. This is one of the things written about it. It says, when we express gratitude or thanksgiving, our brain releases dopamine and serotonin. Now, these two neurotransmitters are responsible for our emotions, and they make us feel good. They enhance our mood immediately and make us feel happy from the inside. So just by you expressing thanksgiving... Your brain, now, now who told your brain to do this? Because your brain isn't just doing this all the time. Your brain is not just always releasing these dopamine and serotonin and feel-good chemicals. But how does your brain and your body know to release these chemicals when you're being thankful? 
Because there's a creator and a designer who created your body and your soul and your spirit. So when you do his will, your body and mind gets in agreement with that and releases things in your body to make you healthier, spirit, soul, and body. So when we, just by being thankful, if you went around all day long being thankful to people, just even saying thank you, releases something in your brain that releases dopamine and serotonin that makes you feel good and happy. You walking around thinking about things that you're thankful for, expressing things that you're thankful for, releases these chemicals into your brain, into your body, so that you feel good. And it improves your physical health as well. Isn't that amazing? Now, this was written, the verse that we just read, thousands of years ago before any mental health or physical doctor figured these things out. But God knew. That's why he inspired the Apostle Paul to write this about Thanksgiving. Let's bring it up again. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in the New Living. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you. So when we do what God tells us to do, we will enjoy the benefits of that. It will be our greatest joy, our greatest peace, our greatest fulfillment, because he wants us to flourish in this life. So even just a simple command like that in the Bible, if you actually obeyed it and acted on it, Look what it would do in your body and in your mind and even in your spirit by doing what God has called you to do. Always be thankful in every circumstance for this is God's will for you. Now, the thing about this is when we're talking about Thanksgiving and being thankful, it has everything to do with your mind and how you think. And that's what we've been talking about really the past several weeks at church. But as we all know is it's hard to be thankful. It feels hard to be thankful. Even if you have a lot of things going right for you in life, it still feels hard. Why? Because the world and their way of thinking is conformed to not being thankful. The world and their mindset automatically goes to being unthankful, grumbling, complaining, finding the, the one thing that's wrong in your life and you miss the 10 things that are right in your life. That's human nature. That's conformed thinking. But it's sad because a lot of us believers fall into the same mindset as unbelievers do. Because that pressure from the world and from the enemy is trying to conform us to being unthankful, ungrateful, grumbling, complaining believers. Because he knows if he can do that, he can take away everything we have as believers. But sometimes it feels hard. Why? Because the culture is flowing this way. The enemy's throwing thoughts that are this way, that is negative, that is pessimistic, that is fearful, that is automatically you go to grumbling and complaining about the weather and the government and your job and your health and your kids and your taxes 
It never stops. And you're on this endless loop. And the enemy's like, oh, yes, I got them. They're stuck. So we're going to talk today about always thankful because it has everything to do with your mind and your thinking. So the first two things I want to share are things that will happen if we are not thankful. And the other two things I want to share at the end are things that will happen when we are thankful. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. These are just a couple things that God gave me. The first thing I want to share is when we're not thankful, we will lose what we aren't thankful for. We will lose what we aren't thankful for. Let's read it. And actually, Brother Les quoted it earlier. Deuteronomy 28, 47 in the Amplified. Now, to give you context, this is God's people. They're about ready to go into the promised land. They're in the wilderness. But God knows people. Right? He knows us. And notice what he says. He gives them a warning. And he says this. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness of mind and heart in gratitude. Gratitude and thanksgiving, same thing. Notice he says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness of mind and of heart and gratitude for the abundance of all with which he had blessed you, therefore you shall serve your enemies. Now, if, if you read your Bible, this exact thing happened time and time again. It was one just giant loop. And we think we're so above it in 2021. But a lot of us believers, we stay in the same loop. It's God blesses you. You're thankful. You're rejoicing. You're praying. You're worshiping. And then you start getting familiar with the blessing that you have. You, you start treating it like it's common or it's normal for your life to be this way when it's not. And you start taking the blessings of God for granted like you actually did something. Or it was you that blessed you. And it was you that made yourself prosperous. And it was you that healed your body. And it was you that delivered you. And it was like you did this and you didn't do it. Because you didn't serve the Lord your God with joyfulness of mind and of heart with gratitude and thanksgiving. And this is the loop that God's people were on, but this is the loop we're all on because every time God's people would do this, guess what? They would lose all the blessings they had and then another nation would come in and take over and they would end up being the slaves of their enemies. And that happens every time in our life when we stop being thankful and we start complaining and we lose sight of the blessings of God and we don't serve God out of joy and gratitude. We're coming to church because we have to. And we're serving because we got to. And we're giving because someone forced us to. We will lose everything that God has blessed us with. Because we forgot to serve the Lord with joyfulness and gladness. And we will serve our enemies. And God's people would be in this constant cycle. They would get blessed. God would prosper them. They would, they would be moving with God. They would be joyful and thankful. They'd be restored in their relationship. And then they would start going back. They stopped being not thankful. They started complaining. 
They started forgetting where God brought them from. And eventually, they would always lose everything and get handed over to their enemies. It's sad because a lot of us are in the same cycle. And we don't got to be. We, we've lost sight sometimes of what God has blessed us with. But you need to understand, you will lose everything that you're not thankful for. When we're not thankful, it shows that what God has given us has become, become common and familiar to us. We don't honor it anymore. We don't show thanksgiving for it anymore. It's amazing what we pray for in one season and we're begging and pleading God for, we complain about in the next. Everybody's like, oh, I'm believing for a mate. I'm believing to get married. Okay, well, how are you acting three years later? Oh, y'all don't want to talk. I'll walk all the way to the back if I got to. Oh, I believe in God for this. I believe in God for this. But now you're complaining about it years later. And you know what's going to happen? You will lose what you're not thankful for. Yeah, go ahead and say thank you to your husband or wife quickly before we go on any further. Think about this with your kids. Some of you believed God for years for children. You, you really were believing God for children, and sometimes God had to do something supernatural for that to happen. You believed God for years, and then years later, you're complaining about the kids that God gave you. Before you had them, you were praying and believing and pleading with God that you would have children, you would have this blessing, but now that they're teenagers. You're complaining for what God gave you. But you know what? You might not technically lose your kid in the sense of them moving away, but you'll lose that relationship because you're not thankful. You will lose what you're not thankful for. What about your job? Many people wish they had a job. Some people wish they had the job that you have. But if you're not thankful for that job, guess what? You're on your way out of that job. You are. You will lose what you're not thankful for. Or here's one. What about your church? The first step to leaving a church is you start becoming unthankful for where God placed you. It's not like sin. It's just being unthankful. Why? Because it's common to you. It's normal to you. You're familiar with it. I've always been at Church on the Rock. So it's not really that big a deal. This is where I go. You know, pastor's really not feeding me anymore. No, you ain't eating. It's not me. It's not. No, I'm a Golden Corral buffet service every Sunday morning. You are not eating your food. You know, I, I just, the worship really doesn't, doesn't do it for me anymore. And just, I, I don't. Okay. That's the first step out of where God's placed you is being unthankful. It pertains to everything in your life. You will lose, hear me today, what you are not thankful for. And that's what this verse says. 
God told his people, you will lose all these blessings I'm going to give to you. And this promised land I'm going to give to you because you're not thankful. Because it's too common. It's too familiar. It's too, oh, this is just whatever. It's not. And let me just say this about this church for the record. This church is not like other churches. I'll pay you a hundred bucks to go to every church in this community and then come back to me and tell me a report. We're not. There's other great churches in this community, but I know the level of the anointing in this place. And I know the level of the worship in this place. And I know the level of preaching of the word of God in this place. And it's not like this everywhere, lest you think it is. But notice when we become familiar and this is just whatever. This is just church on the rock. This is just Pastor Jordan. This is just, okay, unthankful. You will lose the place that God has set you in. You will lose the supply that you could have had for your life. You will lose it when you're unthankful. I'm telling you. You'll lose it in your marriage, in your kids, in your money in your job, in your church, you'll lose everything if you're not thankful. Are you still getting something today? So we need to understand that thankfulness is so important, but the opposite of that, when we're not thankful, we lose. Now, this may be a funny example to you, but I really enjoy wearing summer camp sunglasses. <laughs> you know why? Because I tend to lose them a lot. And every year at camp, Chad puts about 100 pairs in my backpack. Because I go through them. But you know, if I had an expensive pair of sunglasses, I probably would take care of it. Why? Because I'm thankful for it. But you know what? Since... Summer camp sunglasses are common. They're familiar. I don't treat them with what much thankfulness and honor. Guess what? I have lost hundreds of pairs of summer camp sunglasses in the past 10 years. Why? Because you will lose what you're not thankful for. Because not being thankful shows, once again, you have no honor. You have no love for that thing. It's common. It's familiar to you, and you will lose what you're not thankful for. Now, this is an interesting verse in Romans 1, and I just saw this this week. Before we read it, there's this just massive passage about God's talking about how mankind has fallen into sin, has fallen away from him, and it talks about how that us human beings, instead of worshiping the true God, we've worshiped other things and created things and not him. But then it, it talks about a progression and it talks about because they did that, they didn't worship God. Their mind was darkened, their thinking, their mindset. And then it says, and then they started getting into perverse things strange things, sexual things, and it shows like a progression of this person who started here with worshiping God, and then they went down 
lower and lower and lower to the place that their mind was so darkened they were doing perverse things with their bodies, perverse things sexually, and they had completely fallen away from God because it started somewhere. But the place where it started is not where you think it would be. Notice this verse. I just saw this this week. Romans 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Now, how many do we know that? If you go outside, doesn't take a scientist to see that there is a creator. Look at the mountains, look at the seas, look at the animals, look at just your human body, how designed it is. It's clearly seen that there's a creator. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. But notice where it says this starts. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. But because they weren't thankful, notice they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, I know when we're talking about like somebody who falls away from God and goes like off the deep end into some dark, gross sin and like denies the faith, we're thinking like, oh man, there was just all this demonic pressure and power and they must have done some crazy sin to open the door. Their first step away was not being thankful. Isn't that amazing? Because you will lose what you're not thankful for. Even your relationship with God, even your right mindset you have now that you're taking for granted because you're in a word church, when you stop being thankful, it says that their minds and their thoughts became darkened and futile because they weren't thankful. So the first step away from God is not like, I just, I just don't believe in God and I hate him and I'm denying the faith. No, it's, you're just not thankful anymore. Isn't that that amazing? So we will lose what we're not thankful for. I don't know about you, but I don't want to lose anything that God has blessed me with. I don't want to lose any relationship God's blessed me with or or finances or health. I don't want to lose my church. I don't want to lose the opportunities I have. I don't want to lose the friends I have. I don't want to lose the relationship with God I have. But if I'm not thankful for it, I will lose it. And that's not God's punishment. That's your choice. So we will lose what we're not thankful for. Next thing. Lack of thanksgiving keeps us out of the promises of God. Lack of thanksgiving keeps us out of the promises of God. Now, we see that God's people in the Old Testament, if you read Exodus... That God's people were in slavery in Egypt for hundreds of years. And when God freed them, he brought them out. He took them through the Red Sea. He brought them into the wilderness. And God's plan was to take them to a promised land. The promised land would be a place of abundance. It would be a place of peace and joy It would be a place that God would dwell with his people and his people would live the life that they were created to live. 
Or we could say in the New Testament, for us, it's not necessarily a, a, a place in the Middle East. It's the promises of God. But God's people, when they were going to the promised land, because of their lack of thanksgiving, it kept them out of the promises of God. And we see here in God's word that when they went through the wilderness, they started to complain. Now, you could just write this down for your own study, but Numbers 14, 1 and 2 talks about God's people complaining. Actually, let's just read it. I have it up here. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. So we see that lack of thanksgiving keeps us out of the promises of God. So God's people literally only had like a few weeks of walking to get to the promised land. They could have done it. But they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years and died off there because they refused to be thankful and they complained instead of being thankful to God. Their complaining kept them stuck. You need to understand that when you complain, you remain. There was two men that were thankful, Joshua and Caleb, and they got in the promises of God. But the rest of God's people stayed in the wilderness because they complained. How many know when you say thanksgiving, that means giving of thanks? Well, what's the opposite of giving of thanks? Giving of complaints. And when we complain, we remain stuck in the place that we don't even want to be. Because our lack of thanksgiving will keep us out of God's promises. You know, I was thinking about this, that, you know, it's kind of in to say stuff like this. I'm just in a wilderness season, pastor. <laughs> now, I know what you're saying. I've been there too. But you hear the same people every year. That's their word for the year. I'm in a wilderness season, pastor. I'm in a wilderness season, pastor. I'm in a wilderness season, pastor. But your wilderness season has turned into a wilderness life. And dare I say it's not based on your outside circumstances while you're in the wilderness season. It's because you continue to complain, so you continue to remain in that wilderness season and that wilderness life. I'm preaching better than you're saying anything. And I've seen it in this church time and time again. We're a church that preaches about faith and confession and speaking thanksgiving and speaking our faith. And I've seen the same people 10 years, 20 years, 30 years going around the same wilderness saying, I'm just in the wilderness season, Pastor. I'm just in the wilderness season, Pastor. You got a wilderness life because all that comes out of your mouth is complaints. And when you complain, you will remain there. 
And those same people will get mad at a church like us and say, well, the faith message doesn't work. No, your confession stinks. That's why it doesn't work. Because when you complain, you will remain stuck in that place. Our lack of thanksgiving will keep us out of the promises of God. Even though God's promises are his perfect will and perfect plan for our life. And he wants us to enjoy it. If we complain, we will be kept out of the promises of God. We'll be stuck. We will remain. I'm just saying, as your pastor today, hear my heart. If you've been feeling like that for a long time, take ownership and ask God, am I being this way? Because trust me, more of you than you realize, it's because you're complaining about everything that's happening. And you're stuck in this loop. And you're remaining because you're complaining. And I don't want that for you. I want every single one of you in here to go fully into the promises of God. Fully into God's perfect will for your life. But I can't do it for you if you're going to continue to complain, 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 complain. When you complain, you remain. Our lack of thanksgiving will keep us out of God's promises. It's amazing that Joshua and Caleb, they were the only two guys who went into the promised land out of all those millions of people. But you always heard the confession coming out of their mouth. You know what Joshua and Caleb talked like? They weren't denying they were in the wilderness. But you hear Joshua and Caleb, the scriptures about them, they would say stuff like this. Well, God, we thank you that we're not in Egypt. How about if you don't got anything else to be thankful for? You're not in Egypt anymore. But then they would go on and say stuff like this. People were not even realizing what God was doing in the wilderness. Joshua Caleb would say stuff like this. Well, God, I thank you. You're feeding us in the wilderness with no grocery stores. God's literally raining down bread and manna and water in a desert to feed his people. And people are still complaining. Don't act like we're above this. We do it every week of our lives. God's blessing our family. He's putting food on our table. He's giving us jobs and opportunities. He's doing so much in our life. He's giving us bread and manna and water in the desert, and we don't even see it. And we're complaining about what we don't have. When we complain, we will remain. It'll keep us stuck. But you know, Joshua and Caleb would talk like this as well. God, I thank you for this bread and man, and I thank you for this water. Because guess what? If you didn't have it in the desert, you'd be dead a long time ago. But then they didn't stop there. They said, God, I thank you. Your promises are still true. And even though we're in the wilderness right now, we're still going to get into the promised land. And all the promises of God are yes and amen. And we're going to see it one day. And Joshua and Caleb saw it. And the other millions of people did not see it. Because Joshua and Caleb were thankful. And the whole rest of God's people were complaining. Our lack of thanksgiving will keep us out of the promises of God. You guys get anything today? Let's read a quick verse. Philippians 2.14 in a new living. 
Notice what it says. Do everything without complaining and arguing. You know what that means? None of you are talking for the next week. <laughs> right? <laughs> Including myself. <laughs> now, why, why would Apostle Paul say this to this church? Because he knows what complaining does. Keeps you stuck. Keeps you missing the promises of God. And Paul says to this church, do everything without complaining in arguing. But it's amazing, a few verses earlier it says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Jesus had this mindset. Because thanksgiving and gratitude is a mindset. And when our mind is full of thanksgiving and gratitude, there's no place for complaining and arguing in our mouth. So, when we are not thankful, we miss God's promises. I got two more things I want to share with you. Are you guys good with that? I can't tell if you're sleepy or offended today, but I'm going to keep preaching anyways. You guys all want to be here, right? Raise your hand if you want to be here. You sure? Okay. That was a forced thing. I realized that. I made you raise your hand, but it made me feel good enough to go the rest of this message. I'm joking with you today. So here's, those are two things that happen when we're not thankful. We will lose and we will miss out on God's promises. But here are two things that happens when we are thankful. When we're thankful people, it will change our mind and our perspective. Do you realize with most issues in life, now hear me very clearly here. The problems we have in life, most of them, the problem is not the problem. The way we think about the problem is the problem. <laughs> That's why, you know, when you feel like super depressed and hopeless and scared, it's because in that moment, in your mind, you don't see a way out. You don't see a way of escape. You don't see how anything is going to change. You don't see the solution. So it's a mindset. The problem is not the problem. The way you think about the problem is the problem for most problems. But when we're thankful, it changes our mind and our perspective to see it the way that God sees it. Let me give you a verse for that. Philippians 4, very familiar verse, verse 6. It says, and be anxious for nothing. Now, you got to read the rest of this verse because some people are like, well, be anxious for nothing. But he's going to tell you how. Because how many of you know, you can't just tell like anxious, depressed people, stop being anxious and depressed. <laughs> some of you have tried that with other people. People that really struggle with anxiety and depression, it's not as easy as that. God knows that. So he tells you how, and this is what he says. How are you going to be anxious for nothing? This is how you're going to do it. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and this is what's going to happen. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So when we are thankful, it changes our mind and our perspective, and then the peace of God comes into us and fills, fills us. The peace and the presence of the Spirit of God comes and guards our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. So how do we change our mind and our perspective when things aren't going right? Well, it says by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Something's going to happen. Not only is God going to start moving in that situation or in that problem, but I love this part better. But in the meantime, because that's when you need help. Between when God does it and between when you prayed it, you need some help right here. And you need help specifically in your mind, in your perspective. But when we're thankful to God after we have prayed, there's a promise that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. But notice it will not happen if we're not thankful. Because what does Thanksgiving say to me and to you? When we're thankful, it says to me that you actually believed the prayer that you just prayed to God that he's actually moving in your life and going to do something great. When we're thankful, we're believing that God's making a way out of no way and he's going to do it and he's going to heal and he's going to deliver and it's going to be changed. And we believe that God's moving when we're thankful. So if, so if you ever pray and you're not thankful, you didn't believe it. You didn't. You just prayed. But he says with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, that's how you deal with anxiety. That's how you deal with depression. That's how you deal with things in your mind when you can't get a, the right perspective or mindset. You pray about it and you thank God. And that thanksgiving starts changing your mind. Starts changing your thoughts. Starts changing your perspective. And now you start seeing that God's going to move here. And I can see that, that, there, that there's a way opening up. God can make a river in the desert. He can make a way where there is no way. But it comes because we're thankful. It comes because we're thankful. That's the power of thanksgiving. When we start thanking God, he starts moving on our mind. In our perspective. And what does that next verse say? And the peace of God. That's what we're all looking for. Let's just read it again. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. But in every, everything. Remember he said, thank God in everything. Every circumstance. Every situation. By prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving. It's not just a holiday, y'all. It's the way we should be living our life as believers. Let your request be made known to God, and this is what happens. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's what will happen when we're thankful. 
I got one more thing, and we're going to pray for some people today. Brother Darrell, could you come play for a moment? Let's turn over to John 5, or actually John 6. Did you guys get something today? Two thank yous. One thank you here. Great response, by the way. Of all days to pull a thank you during a message, well-timed and well-played. Thank you. So the last thing I want to share about Thanksgiving is this. And this is something that I've been thinking about this week. When we're thankful, it makes a way for God to provide miracles in our life. It makes a way for God to provide miracles in our life when we're thankful. Even though God loves you, you have your own will. You know? And if your heart and your mind is full of bitterness and complaints and grumbling, he can't move in your life like he wants to. He can't. You got to see that today. Are you going to be blaming God and everybody else the rest of your life? And no, it's your attitude. It's your mindset. It's your thinking. It's your mouth holding you back. Not everybody else. It's not. Hear me today. I had to learn this myself many times over. It's not. Because when we complain and grumble and are mad about what's not happening in our life or frustrated, we remain there. It doesn't move the hand of God. We feel better temporarily when we do that, but nothing changes until we start being thankful. Until we start having gratitude. Until we start opening our mouth and instead of giving complaints to God and everyone else, we start giving thanks for what God is doing and what he has done and what he will do. God will move in our life. Thankfulness makes a way for God to provide miracles in our life. I want to show you a verse that I feel like God gave me this past week about this. John 6, verse 5. It says, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming towards him. He said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he knew what he would do. Philip answered him, said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter, brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus, look at this, took the loaves, and when he had given, what? 
When he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish. So he did the same thing to the fish. He, he gave thanks. And as much as they wanted. And so when they were all filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up, filled them 12 baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. The last thing I want to share with you, and I saw that this week, thankfulness makes a way for God to provide miracles in our life. Jesus in this story was preaching to, it said there was at least 5,000 men. That's not counting the women and the children. So we're talking, could have been 10,000 people there. 12,000, 15,000. And they were hungry. And they didn't have a restaurant down the street to feed that many people. And he said, what are we going to do about it? And they didn't have a place to even buy fish or bread. But one little boy had some food. He had the fish and he had the bread. And Jesus said, well, give me that. And notice what Jesus did. Jesus didn't look at the bread and the fish and say, this isn't enough, guys. Give this back to the little boy. We'll just have to figure something else out. I don't know. Send him home. But Jesus, it says in this verse, and I saw it like never before, he took the bread and the fish. He took what wasn't enough and he gave thanks for it, and it became more than enough. He took the bread and the fish, and it says when they started handing out the bread and the fish, all 10,000 or 12,000 people got filled with bread and fish. That's a lot of dark seafood, people. And it says they had 12 baskets full left at the end. From one little boy's lunch. How did that happen? How did a miracle happen? Because Jesus gave thanks for it. Jesus gave thanks for it. And I know it can be so discouraging. I've been thinking about that this week. What do you do when life hands you something that isn't enough? Because some of you didn't choose that. You just got handed that. But what do you do when life hands you something that's not enough with your kids or with your money or with your relationships or with your health? Well, you got to do what Jesus did. When you get it, start giving thanks to God. Because when we give thanks to God, that's a way for God to move in our life. That's a way for God to provide miracles. And when you get those bills you can't pay, start giving thanks to God for those bills. When the relationship's not working out the right way, start giving thanks to God for it. When your kids are trying to become a prodigal son and daughter, start giving thanks for that. When your health is declining and you don't know what to do and you feel like life is handing you not enough, start giving thanks for that. Because when we give thanks to God, God can wake away where there is no way and he can provide miracles when we give thanks. Come on, are you hearing me today? 
But most of our response would be, if we got that little kid's dock seafood meal, we're like, I guess I'm eating. (laughs) It's not enough. But Jesus started giving thanks. And when Jesus gave thanks, what wasn't enough became more than enough because he was thankful. Come on, can we stand up this morning and start being thankful today? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.